On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. Claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those itches, that's going to make a fucking difference between winning and losing. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is March 31st, 2019, 7.22 p.m. Tomorrow starts practice. And it's April Fool's Day. You better watch your back, Ralph Phillips. <laughs> you can do the uh, water cup over the doorway, saran wrap on the toilet. Can't tell you. Those are good ideas, though. <laughs> uh, all right. We've got some fact checks and follow-ups to do. Fact check. Uh, this was from two podcasts ago. I forgot to mention it on the last podcast fact check, but Levante David did go to the Pro Bowl in 2015, but he went as a replacement selection. Oh, well, he went. Yeah. There's that. But he's never. That wasn't even one of his best season. I know. Not even one of his good ones. He's never. He's never been voted as a primary linebacker, and that's just atrocious. He's just overshadowed by Luke Keekley, I think. Yes, but he gets. Just put in in the back burner every every year. And you know, it's it's a popularity contest and he's just not flamboyant and they don't talk him up during the broadcasts and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Fact check. Trent Richardson is playing in the Alliance of American Football League. Now this is interesting, looking into everything that was going on. He plays for the Birmingham Iron. But before that, in two thousand seventeen, he played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the Canadian Football League. He was released by the Rough Riders in 2018 because he did not show up for training camp. Now, the reason he did not show up for training camp was due to Richardson not being able to cross the Canadian border, or he would lose custody of his children. Whoa. Yes. He had four young children whom he had just won custody of after his former girlfriend, the mother of the children, Savina Fatou, was arrested in Florida after she rammed an SUV into a car containing Richardson and a quote, companion. Oh, my gosh. In 2017. Wow. Now, Savina Fatuda was charged with a felony in April 2018 for failure to appear. And that's why she lost custody? Well, she lost custody for ramming him. Okay. They were going through a custody battle. Whoa. That is the wrong time to do that. Yeah. He was with another girl in the car, and she found out and rammed into him numerous times. They had to get out and call the cops, and she was just backing up. Were the kids in the car with her? One of the kids was in the car with her. Oh, for God's sake. Yes. Uh, She was the daughter of the WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi. She's Samoan. And Savina and Richardson were both involved in domestic violence incidences quite a few times. Wow. So he just needs to get away from her. Yeah. But Hard to do when you have four kids with her. I think it's five now. Oh, good Lord. Come yeah. on, bro. Uh, <laughs> so, Trent Richardson, one of the biggest busts in NFL draft history, is now limping around in the AFF, AAF with a crazy woman trying to kill him. How the mighty have fallen. Wow. It just sounds like he does not make good decisions. <laughs> well, I don't think he got a doctorate in physics <laughs> when he was in college. You feel for him because it sounds like he's trying to do right by his kids. But Yeah, it, from all, everything I read, everybody said he just really loves his kids. He's a really good guy. He just doesn't make the best choices, right. it sounds like. well, We who, see a lot of those in the NFL. So. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect when you date... The daughter of a WWE Hall of Famer. You expect some beatdowns every now and then. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up. 
Uh, Ron Wolfley is the color commentator and radio announcer for the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, He's the one, not Jesse Ventura. Not Jesse Ventura. Yes, he sounds just like Jesse Ventura. It's crazy. Uh, he was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in the fourth round of the 1985 draft. Okay. He played with the Cardinals from 85 to 91, then went to the Cleveland Browns and played there from 92 to 95. Uh, he played in 145 games, but only started in 14. He was known for his severe tackles that could injure his opponent and sometimes caused him to suffer blackouts and concussions. He does not believe he suffered any lasting effects from his traumatic head injury. He quotes poetry on air. <laughs> He's an extremely smart guy. He's into philosophy and all kinds of stuff, does a lot of reading. He's very well read. You can search for Wolfieisms in Google and find out some of the funny, crazy stuff he says during the broadcast. It's does hilarious. he have a Twitter, I wonder? I bet that would be pretty entertaining. I bet it would be. But his voice is just so... And the stuff he says is hilarious. I, I don't have any Wolfieisms on hand or I'd quote him. It, it doesn't matter. I can't say it in his voice. Or Yeah. Kind of loses the effect. Yes. But that's all I got for fact checks and follow-ups. We have practice is starting tomorrow. It's, it's, it's not really practice. It's voluntary workouts, which means everybody better show up. Right. And it's like meetings and physicals. Right. Stuff like that. Yes. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see if Jerry McCoy shows up. Like Arians was saying, hey, I only talk about people that are here. Yeah. Uh, McCoy did tweet yesterday or this oh. weekend. It was the 80th birthday of Batman. Yes. So Batman. He, tweet, he did come out for that. No, 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 no. He came out of his Batcave. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he hasn't said anything about the Buccaneers no. in the situation there. Which is smart. I think it's smart. One way or the other. He, he's very into his brand and his appearance. And he's not whether, mess that up. Yeah, whether it's with the Bucks or with another team, he just needs to make sure he's not being a drama queen on social media because that's, a good that's point. not a good look. But, you know, it's a smart thing to do, but it's not entertaining. I wish he'd get on there and just <laughs> <laughs> be silly, crazy, obnoxious, something. I like it when players are, and I miss those days, you know, when players were just balls to the wall. Said what they wanted. You know, they talked trash about each other all the time. You don't get that Right, anymore. but it doesn't live on in infamy like it does with social media. Well, Social media never goes away. Well, it's because everybody's so outraged about everything. You say the wrong thing. Every, that's why everybody has to give these cookie-cutter statements all the time because they don't want to mess up. It's like anymore they don't even talk bad about the, their opponents coming up. They always say, well, you know, they're a really good team and this guy's a really good player. And I was, Yeah, screw that. Get out there. and They don't want to give them, what is it called, bulletin board material. Speaking of that, um, the Carolina Panthers and the Buccaneers last week kind of got into it on Twitter. What they do? Well, I forget what it was. I think Carolina was in the running for something and needed people to retweet. And then the Bucks were saying... Don't do it? Yeah, like talking to... <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, it just kind of went back and forth. Then it was all lighthearted and... Fun. We need to find out and who's then, in charge of the social media yeah. accounts because they do some pretty funny stuff. Well, and then Greg Olson jumped in on it and he had a pretty good scorcher, said something like, talked about all the fans that show up for the Bucks games Oof. or don't, <laughs> rather. <Yeesh. laughs> that was a good one, though. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Buck fans, show up to the game. Right. I don't care if we're sticking to join up. Go to the game, support the it's team. embarrassing. One of these days, I'm going to do a podcast on what I think team fandom is all about and what our responsibility is as a 12th man we need to just have your soapbox series we should we do a soapbox series ctes <laughs> cheerleaders you got? cheerleader oh speaking of which oops speaking of which this weekend was the first round of the buccaneers cheerleading auditions they're down to their semifinalists. now this is interesting since the bucks were the first team to hire female coaches 
We are also going to hire male cheerleaders now. Okay, there we go. There we go. Equality. Yes. There was at least two men who tried out for the Buccaneers auditions. One of them has made it to the finalists. His name is Lorenzo. He's very flexible. If you get a chance, go on Buccaneers.com and check out his pictures and videos. Now, the Bucs will not be the first team to have male cheerleaders. That recognition goes to the Rams and the Aints. They both had male cheerleaders last year. Huh. Yeah, the Saints had one. The Rams had two male cheerleaders. Okay. So we're equal opportunity. Yeah, they were in the Super Bowl. The two male cheerleaders. Yeah. It's, 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 I, I don't remember at halftime or at any time, actually, where they showed no. the male cheerleaders. Well, how many... Of the cheerleaders that they actually show during a broadcast. and then... Not enough. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> How many would you actually recognize? Would I recognize? Well, let me see. There's Audrey, Cindy. <laughs> I'm going to alphabetically. Or... <laughs> are you a fan of the Bucks team? Hey, they are part of the team. Thank you. Interesting tidbit from Joe Buck's fan podcast, the Ira Kaufman podcast. He wasn't there. It was Rock Riley from the radio. They talked about how Bruce Arians said at the owners' meeting that he was not going to have music at the practice anymore. He said, this is not a nightclub. Practice is not a nightclub. I thought he said that they were going to do... I know he he was kind of hemming and hawing about it now that I think about it. He said, maybe we'll do it on Fridays or something at one point. Well, what they brought up in the podcast, which is was some insider stuff that I love, they said Donovan Smith is really big into music. He plays music. He blares it in his car. He's always got music going on. And he does it in the locker room. And it's really loud. And none of the journalists can get audio from the locker room because of it. Because he's always playing music really loud. And the Bucks organization has even stepped to Donovan Smith and told him to tamper it down a bit. And he's refused to do so. Wow. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Bruce Arians comes in and says, no more music at practice. And here you have... Our left tackle, who just got a huge contract, who apparently feels like it's his job to entertain everybody with music. What's going to happen there? Is that going to get them off on the wrong foot? Sounds like it could, and that could be an accountability thing. Could be. You know, where you're you're not following through on things that the organization has asked you to do. Yeah, it seems like Cutter and them really did not have control of the locker room. Mm. They did well. He didn't seem like a disciplinarian or nothing like that. He was he was really a scheme clipboard guy. Yeah, and he was great at that. But he just did not seem to have the the, the pulse of the team. Yeah, I think that's true. He's more of a suit kind of yeah, guy, a front office guy or yeah. something. Yeah, but it's gonna be I interesting to see that. Bruce Arians coming in there. And he, I mean, he doesn't take any crap. I haven't watched the full one hour interview with him at the owners meeting. Have you seen it? No. Yes, I want to see it. We need to watch that. Yes, it's, it's on my to do list, but. Uh, they said that he is very honest, and he, you know, of course, cusses quite a bit. But they, he just doesn't pull any punches. It's going to be really interesting to see him go in that locker room and take command. I want to see if he takes that ping pong table out. Oh yeah, I think he'll burn it in the parking lot. <laughs> I, did, I, I agree with the fans on that. I think you know when you're a losing team, you shouldn't get to celebrate, listen to music all the time, play ping pong and basketball in the locker room. It reminds me of the movie Moneyball. I know you didn't see that, but they were losing. And the coach walks in and starts throwing crap around. And he says, are y'all happy to lose? Because y'all sound happy. They were all in their party and everything. And he turned everything off. And everything got real quiet. And he stood there for a second. And he went, that's the sound of losing. And then threw some more stuff and walked out. <laughs> and that's how I feel, too. You know, if you don't, if you don't feel bad when you lose, that's, a, that's not a good sign. Well, there was a big to-do in the middle of the season when Quan and were McCoy were dancing line. on the sideline, and a bunch of fans took issue with it. Yeah. I didn't really see the problem, but when you say it like that, 
I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe. I didn't see a problem with it because I'm just happy to see the guys kind of working together. Like we were talking about yeah. doing the sack dances and stuff. That really makes me happy to see that. But when you're losing, no, you just can't do that. You remember when Austin Safari Jenkins, I think it was, caught a touchdown. We were down by like 21 points in the fourth quarter. He caught a touchdown and did a celebration dance. It might have been Cameron Bray. I don't know. That'll be a fact check follow-up next week. But yeah, he did a celebration dance in the end zone. Everybody was like, boo, that's just bad. Yeah. Bad juju right there. Well, I will say losing does not seem to bother the team. No, not at all. And it hasn't, I don't think, as long as I've yeah, been in the past fan. decade. It just seems like. Which goes back to the whole culture issue. Right. I hope Arians can change that, you know? I think he's going to. I really do. I really have a lot of faith that this, this year is going to be spectacular. I say that every year. Yeah. But this year, I really think this is this is the most excited I've been for a coach maybe since Gruden. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about tomorrow. I know so much stuff's going to come out. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have to be on Twitter like all day. I'm going to be there. Yeah, and then we um so we won't do another podcast till Tuesday night, but uh, hopefully. Well, if something big comes out tomorrow, maybe we'll jump on and okay. Give some words. I have some other news. It's been a really slow weekend, but everybody's preparing for the. I think so. Did we talk about this last time? Mike Evans converted three million of his salary to a roster bonus. No, we did not. But it it had no impact on the cap. Right. Everybody was all excited because they thought we saved three million dollars, but it did. Greg Allman had to step in and correct that. Right. Good old Greg. But it didn't make sense why they did it. Oh, who knows? I've well, it's the same thing. Somebody else. We did that to somebody else, and it had no impact. Well, yeah. See, we're looking at it from a fan perspective, but you know, front office, you know, they got their own finances stuff going Maybe. on. It might be for tax purposes, or that's true. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Pewter Report is quoting Bruce Arians, and Bruce Arians said that special teams was a glaring weakness. I find it funny that he's focusing on special teams now when the league is doing everything it can to make special teams neutered. Basically, that's funny. I was thinking the same thing driving up here. I was like. Man, they've made so many rule changes to you know, the special teams part of the game that, you know, really, the field goals is really the only thing I can think of that you need to worry about on special teams anymore. As long as you've got a guy that can catch the ball, doesn't fumble it, and you know, guys that don't get penalized every kickoff or punt, you're, you're, you're fine. Right. And you get a decent punter that can punt it down the field, aim it a little bit maybe. But, yeah, I'm telling you, this year, it's been horrible for the past few years. You know, every kickoff and every punt, there's a flag I'd, I'd say probably 60%, 70% of the time. It's going to be more now. I, I guarantee it's going to be 80 85% of the time now. It's yeah, with that new rule for the blindside block. So that's been in for a while. But now, yeah, now that they're, you know, you can't even touch them, basically. Right. You know, unless you're coming at the correct angle. Right. I mean, how are they going to do that? Oh, man, it's going to be they a mess. Can't. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. I think there's going to be more risk involved than there will be a pay, any kind of positive payoff. Does that mean more biscuits, too? <laughs> maybe I mean maybe he's thinking of how he can exploit it That's, or I'm take hoping, advantage of it I'm, but, ho- I'm hoping somebody comes up with something that will exploit these new rules and make the kickoffs and the bunts exciting again Arian said we want to be aggressive in any everything we do not to a point where it hurts us and we lost drastic field position I don't like anything that reads and reacts I want to be aggressive and attack in all phases and Keith Armstrong are special teams coordinator. His reputation in Atlanta is fantastic. He's another guy that played for me, so he knows what I want. So Arians is eyeing Sean Wilson for returns. And then he said, 
I can't even say his name, number 44, Dare Ogunbowale. Dare? D-A-R-E. Just call him number 44. Yeah. See, Arian said, well, I really struggle with his name, but 44, he can run. He's got some natural ability back there, and as a punt returner, just wait and see. I've got to go out and see them catch the ball. It doesn't always have to be a 4-3 guy, because one of the best I ever saw was a 4-7, because he can make the first guy miss. So, it's just interesting that he's analyzing these guys. Yeah, apparently in in the interview... They had at the owners' meeting with him. Everybody was really surprised at how he knew every player on the team. He's analyzed and he talked deep about from from what I hear. Like I said, I haven't seen the video that he talked deep about everybody on the roster. He's obviously done his homework. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so he knows what we need, free agency wise, draft wise, which apparently he's going to have a lot of input. In the draft, which we kind of knew, but it just feels good to have somebody who knows the team and has a direction he wants to take it in. It's also good to have somebody with some personality. You know, yeah. since Lovey, Lovey Smith, again, you throw Shiano in there. Yeah. Shiano, Lovey Smith, and Cutter, they were all bad. Yeah, they're really boring. <laughs> I liked Shiano's interviews basically because he talked football. You know? Yeah. He was really. Good with, I felt like he was speaking to the fans when he talked, but he wasn't charismatic at all. Now we've no. got somebody that's, you know, they're just entertaining to listen to. Right. And when it boils down to, that's what this is all about. It's entertainment. And he knows football. Right. So there's that too. Greg Allman is saying now that they're going back to one buck place on Monday, that we'll get jersey numbers for all the new additions. Okay. I think I've got most of them. Yeah. I'll write it down. So that'll help Bruce Arians <laughs> for all the guys <laughs> he can't pronounce. <laughs> That's what, I, I go by numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're hard to read with the uniforms. Oh, God, they're horrible. They talked about that. They asked the owners. The Pewter Report did an article, and it was, are the Bucks going to change their uniforms? And they, it was like two paragraphs. They talked about how they asked Joel Glazer and all this and everything. And his answer was, No. That was it. That's some clickbait. Oh, it was so nonsense. Right and then they there. retweeted it like every day, like four times a day. I was just like, oh, so I knew it the first time I read it that the answer was going to be no. Well, anytime it's a question, yeah, yeah, it's always no. But the the uniforms are just atrocious. I love the helmets. Love the helmets. Love the the big logo. I love the chrome face masks. I love the, I love the new logo, the flag, and they finally got rid of the comb over on the skull. <laughs> I never saw that until you pointed it out to me, and then you can't unsee <laughs> Once it. Once you see that comb over, you can't unsee it. They got rid of that, made it look more less clip arty and more fierce. But the, yeah, the uniforms themselves, especially the numbers, oh, God, those numbers are just bad. They're bad for people that watch game film like myself because they're really hard to read. Yeah, you can't read them. No. Especially when they're flying around the field or sometimes their jerseys get bunched up, mm-hmm. and then it's impossible. Yes. That's why you go by the other stuff that they wear, right. like tendon bands or have to, a yep. towel or their or, shoes. Their shoes or socks or if they're wearing sweatband or anything I can identify them with. Because you can't see the numbers most of the time. Well, and the coach's film is from the side. One angle. Is yeah, the, the all side. 22 yeah. is yeah from the side. But even in the when the coach's film, when they're, when they're showing them up front, we have numbers on our shoulder pads, but you can't read them at all. On the film. You can't, at all. None. At all. They just blend right in with... Seems to me like they'd be really small on the shoulders. Well, they're they're white, but silver, they're that... They, oh. So it just kind of blends sparkly. in with the pewter. Yes. Yes. And, you know, when the guys are in stance, you know, doing their three-point stance or whatever, and they're bent over, and all you can see is their shoulder pads, 
You can't read their numbers. Every other team in the NFL, I can read the numbers very clearly. Just about. There's a couple of teams that's hard to read, but none none as bad as the Buccaneers. I think Seattle is probably a close second because they've got the dark numbers, the dark numbers. on the dark yeah. uniform, and then theirs are kind of a similar. Yeah, that's where we got our, yeah. what's that called, reflective, that reflective right. numbering, which I don't mind that, but the, the they look like alarm clock numbers. They Who do. thought that was a good idea? I don't know. It's very 80s to me. And it just doesn't go with the rest of the uniform. It's just like they just threw it on there. Every time I feel I watch the Bucks games, I feel like I have to hit the snooze button. <laughs> Is that because we lose? Also, <laughs> it's kind of boring. <laughs> Greg Allman noted that Brink Grimes hasn't been signed in free agency, but he does not intend to retire. Ain't nobody gonna sign him. I don't think so either. He's thirty-five, and after you know what he said on the podcast, it's just you know, and I feel bad for him in the sense that you know he was just speaking truth. And I want that. I want the players to speak truth. Right. And now he's going to be punished for it. Yeah. Well. But yeah, yeah. nobody wants that on their team. They, nobody wants a player that's not going to try. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was more of the damning admission than what he said about the Buccaneers. Yeah. But it's still, he was telling the truth. And I respect him for that. I like that. I wish I wish players did it more often, even if it does damage them. <laughs> Brent Grimes doesn't need to play anymore. He's got no, plenty of money. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> The the Bucks are not the only ones that get the practice starting tomorrow. The OTA is starting tomorrow. So the other teams in the lineup are the Broncos, Browns, Jets, Cardinals, Packers, Dolphins, and the Bengals. When was the last time the Packers got to go early? Yeah, they only won what six games last year. No, this is ones who have a new head coach. Right, that's why you get to go early. Right, they only. That's won why six they have games? a new head coach. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I would love to know what happened in that locker room. Oof. Aaron Rodgers is what happened in that locker room. He just took over that team. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, in case you're not familiar with the reason why we get to practice a week earlier than everybody else, it's because if you get a new head coach, they give you a one-week head start in practice. Yes. So how many teams was that? Six or seven? Usually it's six or seven teams a year get new head coaches. Eight. Eight, okay. Good year for coaches. Too bad there's none in our division. Like, none of these other ones, I'm like, bleh. I don't care about any of them. Yeah, I don't think Ron Rivera is going to last much longer. No, I think he's got this year. Yes. And then depending on what happens with Cam, he's gone. Good. I hope we can give him such a beat down that both Cam and Rivera are gone. I think Cam is just a few years away from being a backup just because of his health. Yes. His body is just breaking down. The amount of hits he takes is incredible. It's not running quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It ain't going to last long. I mean... Teams want to hit your quarterback always. And mm. when you have someone who is out of the pocket and they're a runner <laughs> Going, and hey, they can be hit. Hit me, hit me. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. His his size helps him, but yes. only so much. And it, with him having that shoulder injury, I mean, that's really hard to come back back from. Yeah, and I, I think it's his second or third surgery yeah. on that shoulder. I think it's his second. So I learned something this week. You know, oh, we don't pay attention to the draft, really, but... Mm-hmm. No, we watch the draft. We're yeah, big, the We're big draft. into the draft itself, but, but not the it's players. all the speculation up to the draft. Yeah. yeah. So, teams, each NFL team gets 30 pre-draft workouts with players. Okay. So, that's their limit. They get, so, they get 30 players that they can... Yeah, so they bring to the facility, try them out, basically. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So, I looked up, and of course, there's websites that track all of this. Of course. Yeah. So I looked it up for our division. Well, for us, we have the fewest in the division. We've only got two that we've worked out. Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle with Alabama. 
and offensive tackle Titus Howard from Alabama. <laughs> Alabama State. Wow. Yeah. So we've only had two. New Orleans has had five, which they it's a running back, two running backs, a wide receiver, a defensive tackle, and a linebacker. Interesting. Yeah. Carolina has a tackle, a center, and a defensive tackle. So that's three. And then Atlanta's had three also. They have two offensive tackles and defensive tackle at Oliver. So it just kind of gives you some insight where they're looking maybe. Yeah, right. Or is it, just, yeah, is yeah. it just misdirection? Which well, they've, all, they've all had defensive tackles in. Yeah. Well, the draft. It's well, Atlanta. With the defensive tackle yeah, and Atlanta. Said, you know, when I was looking at their free agency update, they said they need a defensive tackle, whether they re-sign Green Jared or not. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So they need somebody beside him, I guess. Interesting. Um, speaking of smoke screens, Scott Reynolds Fab Five with Peter Report, he said that the Bucks never intended to keep Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm. and that. All the stuff that they said at the combine was just to drum up trade interest. How do they know that? I don't know. They didn't attribute it. They didn't say how they knew, but they could be just making stuff up. We they could know. be. Yeah. But I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Smoke screens. And and they said that Peter Report said that some of the people in the some of the players and people in the front office didn't really mind Deshaun Jackson, but others were kind of sick of his shit. Right. And, you know, tired of the passive aggressive and the pouting and all that. So Hmm. Well, we don't have to worry about it anymore. That's Philadelphia's problem. Yeah. Yeah, bunch Which of he put on dummies. Instagram that now he's ready for a ring. He's out for one thing, Super Bowl ring. Yeah, and, and he said also in the Instagram post that he's, he's finally with real family or something like that, a real team, something, something else. Uh, it, it could be interpreted as a backhand to the Buccaneers. but Maybe. I don't care. Or the Redskins or, <laughs> or the, the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, he was there before. <laughs> So well, they should be happy now. They wanted him back. He wanted to go back. He's back. He's not a problem anymore. Yep. That's all I've got for today. It's been a slow weekend. All right. Well, tomorrow's a big day. We're going to hear some good news about training. See how Bruce Arians goes out there and whips some boys into shape. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. If you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us on our Twitter. Follow us there. Our handle is at Bucks underscore Observer. Uh, until next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>